Hello, and thank you for joining us on this week's edition of our Image Comics Reviews. Every single week, Image Comics provides us with their books early so that we can review them for you day and date. Today, I am joined by Pete, and we are going to talk about two of Image's biggest releases from this week, the Silver Coin number 7 and the finale of Made in Korea, for now at least, Made in Korea number 6. I am supremely excited to talk about these two books with you today. Yes, ditto. Absolutely. Uh, Before we dive into the conversation, you can join the conversation by getting us on all podcast hosting platforms. You can write us there, follow, leave us a rating and a review. YouTube.com slash the comics pals where you can subscribe to our channel for free. Help us get to 500 subscribers. Leave us a comment if you'd like. You guys are great about that. Uh, Share the video with your friends. Let your friends know that we are out here and you enjoy what we do. Listen to our reviews for Marvel, DC, and everything else on Thursdays. This drops every Wednesday. Thursdays is where you can get our reviews for Marvel and DC stuff. This week, we know for sure we'll be reviewing at least Inferno number three. The rest of the books, TBD. Uh, Listen to our main show, The Comics Pals. We had an interview this week with Christopher Sabella. Uh, the writer of Dot Self, the writer of Foul Brood, which is on Kickstarter now. Um, the You're writer an image of fan Crowded. crowded. <laughs> exactly. So a bunch of his books have come out through Image. So uh, check that out. And let's get into the reviews. Let's let's jump right in. Let's talk about Silver Coin. So we kind of fell off with Silver Coin a little bit. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of really good image books and Silver Coin not being... Um, a monthly narrative driven story it kind of being an anthology sort of thing um makes it easier to not do when we have a bunch of really big books uh, but we wanted to talk about it this week in particular because rom v is the writer of this issue and you know we love rom v on this podcast so um, of course it's rom v with michael walsh doing the letters and line work and uh colors as well but on Colors, he was joined by Tony Marie Griffin for this Vegas-based morality tale, if you will, about casinos and the people who go to them and what they do to you. So, Pete, why don't you kick us off with your, your thoughts about this one? Yeah, uh, I, I really love the Silver Coin. Um, I have kept up with it even uh, when we stopped reviewing it um, just because I, I think it's fun. And yeah. I, there's really only been like one issue that that didn't speak to me, and I think it was the last one we reviewed. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, seven, I, I think, um, was was hitting all the right notes for me. Um, no surprise there. Ram V, obviously, very talented yeah. writer. Um, I I think this one was really cool. I like the the I I like the kind of juxtaposition that's created in the script. Like you have. The, you know, this like old man at the bar who's, you know, kind of like have has this running narrative throughout the whole issue. Right. And talking about Vegas and how it's this city that it's it's a replica city and everything is aping something else. And, you know, that when they built um, the Zampanco, which is like a new uh, a new casino um, that they wanted to build something that like spoke to the nature of this place and. Like, they kind of uh, tie that to, you know, the, I guess, the the traditional 
you know, viewpoint of of Aztec culture and and kind of like, you know, um, how Spanish conquistadors like represented that and how that's kind of, you know, continued into our thoughts about about um, that part of the world to this day. Mm -hmm. And I I really liked that. um, I really liked that part of the story being juxtaposed specifically with Las Vegas, because I feel like it's such a good commentary on kind of like you know Vegas is such a place that I feel like whether you've been there or not you have this idea of what it's like and it's presented in a very similar way in all different kinds of media um but I like that this kind of took that glitzy grandiose kind of imagery and then put it against this you know story of kind of like excess and you know um greed and and infidelity and and all these things that like yeah. really fit in with what you think of when you think of like you know the sin city right like i just feel like it was a really really well written issue and it, it was obviously the art has been fantastic in all of these um yeah. but yeah specifically this framing device really worked for me in the way that rom played with it um and 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 made this comparison to you know, um, historical events that, like, I would have never thought to draw. But it, it totally makes sense when you lay it out and you think about, you know, what it is that Rom's trying to say with this issue. Mm-hmm. Or at least what I got yeah. out of it. That, no, absolutely. Um, that's that's where I came away. That's what I came away with as well. Um, Rom, Rom is brilliant, man. Like He's just such know. a smart dude. Like he put yeah. so much thought into just making stuff, you know. Everything I've read by him, right, is obviously like, you know, science fiction or fantasy or something to some degree. But like rooting it in things that feel so like real and authentic that it makes it really easy to buy in. Yeah, absolutely. Like even the stuff that Ram is doing on Venom right now is like, wow, I didn't think that I would come away from a Venom comic being like. Not only is this good, but it's also like saying things that I'm compelled to hear. Um, and this is this is similar. Um, you know, there's a it's it's funny because casinos, right? You would think that a casino, a place where you can make more money than you have the potential to ever make in your life, would be a place of hope, but it's actually a place of despair. Yeah. Because people think they're going to go there and be winners and they're not they're losers and they're throwing their money away and this book kind of equates even winning the money with losing your soul right that 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 there's a cost for everything at some point that's that's a a statement that's made in the book there's a cost for everything so the, the main character lou is like winning all this money and we immediately see Oh, him and his friend now have beef, right? So he loses the friendship. He cheats on his partner. Uh, he cheats on his on his girlfriend or whatever. He's, you know, that's now he's lost that aspect of his character where he's a, like a, a morally good person or whatever. He he broke that rule. Or at least life. like being faithful to her, right? Like he's, yes. he's broken that that trust. Yes. Uh and, you know, but he's riding high. His life has never been better. All these opportunities. He's being led into the elite club where he can gamble with the best. And he's still making big money, you know, and they, they give him a room and all these different things. And then, you you know, you get to this gruesome end, right? Like this really, really 
fucking horrible end, this visual, um, you know, nasty <laughs> um, resolution. Yeah. That feels like it belongs in like a. I don't know. You ever see like uh, Tales from the Crypt? Like this sure. feels really dark. Like this is yeah. in that vein. Um, and, you know, you think about how high this guy got, you know, and he died at the top of of, of the, uh, the casino. Um, and that's it for him. It was all a ritual. You know, it was all a ritual. It was all for this, you know, demonic uh, ritual that they had going on, whatever. And now he's dead. You know, great night. <laughs> great night. <laughs> Glad he enjoyed it because it was his last. Um, and I love the way that the silver coin factored into that. Yeah. Because, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 you know, we talked about this before. I just feel like the silver coin, like, it's such a smart device that they've created. Yeah. As, like, a through line to all these incredibly different stories. But that it, like, ultimately is just this, you know, this icon that, like, it's all about desire, right? Like, every, pretty much every one of the stories is about someone wanting something. Yeah. And then the coin being kind of a twisted mirror version of the thing that they wanted, right? Um, so for this guy, right, he finally becomes the high roller. He's finally a winner, and all it costs him is his life, you know? Oh, okay, <laughs> small great. Small price. Yeah, small price to pay, I guess. Um, and and I think, like, you know, you, you made the the point, right, of how um, it, it leads to the, to the dissolving of all the things he actually has, right? Um, obviously, Paramount in that being your life, but also his relationships to other people that... Um, you know, at least from what we get from them, right, are people that support this person, even though he's he's a loser, you know, right. and he and he's and he's uh got a gambling problem, right? But like his friend was willing to loan him money and 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 back him up. His his uh girlfriend or, or partner or whatever is is working late overnight shifts because they're broke, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and you know like how does he how does he reward those people when he finally wins right poorly he takes advantage of them he uses them um he disregards them and then even right like he doesn't think twice about cheating on his girlfriend but then when he needs somebody to talk to he calls her anyway right and like those are those are things that like you know um that that as a running theme through the silver coin, I think has made it such an effective anthology, even though like no two issues have any fucking thing in common and they don't Except need to. the coin. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it just works. Like it's such a smart, well-executed framing device. Um, yeah. Just what a good series. Yep. Uh, we, we often, we often talk about, um, we often talk about the writers of these, and I think now is a great time to really, really give credit to Michael Walsh because this is his idea. You know, mm-hmm. the silver coin is his idea. He came up with a concept and he has created an anthology series where these super talented writers, a murderer's row of writers can come on board, team up with him to tell these fantastic stories. It really has been a blast. 
Um, this will be a great collection too, not because the stories are interrelated, but because like, you know, you would give, you would say to someone, Hey, you should watch black mirror, right? Like an anthology series on Netflix. Well, here's an anthology series that you can read. Um, that's darker than that somehow, you know, um, it's brilliant stuff. And the art is amazing. It's the only like that and the silver corn are the only absolute consistent elements between issues is that the art is always great. Um, and of course, the silver corn is always there. I, I had a blast with this. This was awesome. Right up my alley. Um, and I can't wait for the next one. Next one's going to be um, Matthew Rosenberg jumping back on to tell a story about a 60s stockbroker. Into that. Um, yeah. on, on the note of the art, uh, there's two things that I, I wanted to say about this issue. Um, yeah. One of the things that's like been a thing that's been consistent is just like the colors are really, really creative and good. And it very much, I think, sells like the horror vibe without feeling like it's it's not like inherently. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't know. There's an eeriness to it, but it's not like overtly like, look how scary everything is. It just has like a a weird vibe and then when it escalates to the really like hardcore stuff it feels like it goes up to 10 but otherwise it's kind of towing a line of like you know giving you this not like a it's like almost like a false sense of security of like it has this dreamy element to it right like everyone when, when everybody's living their dream in that moment before it all goes sideways there's like this euphoric almost you know like the sex scene in this is so like you know it feels like a dream sequence and then it very much becomes a nightmare sequence and that is always really satisfying to see like what walsh is gonna do um yeah. also something he's used a lot is like using the black borders for the gutters um, I love that effect. I feel like that gives like the book such an intimate feeling. And I think the last couple pages of this where like, you know, um, our main character is like actually, you know, sacrificed and killed and all that stuff. I think that's my probably my favorite couple pages that have been in the series. Like the shot of him where he gets stabbed in the gut and it's like he's running up his stomach and he's just looking down at himself like screaming such a visceral looking page yeah like, really really great work yeah um this is a special series uh we're really lucky to have great horror in comics right now and i would say this is the cream of the crop so, yeah at um, least for me yeah absolutely Let's let's talk about Made in Korea. For Speaking us, of think, cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this is the main event. You know, um, this is Jeremy Holt on story. This is George Shaw on art. Um, this is Adam Wallet on letters. You know, we've been looking forward to this for a long time. You know, we've sung the praises of Made in Korea. We've had Jeremy on the show and told them how much we love this book. And, you know, they kept saying, like, wait till then, like, wait, you know, it's, it's you know, you know, you don't know what's coming. And um, they were right. <laughs> I did not <laughs> know it was coming. Right. And I was very surprised. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, so I'm going to start off with the criticism. OK. I feel like this issue is really good and the series is great, but. I think that there needed to be another issue 
or this needed to be longer. I feel like it it resolves way too fast for me. I so I didn't read this and think that, but now that you say it, I can agree with that. I feel like the um I would have liked more time in each setting, I think. Yeah. I think I would have liked more time with Jesse with her original family and yep. some of the stuff that went on in America. I would have liked this period of her being with her creator to have been a little bit longer. Um because now it feels like we've established a new status quo and all the stuff that we've that we did here is like done and and it's it's wrapped. And like I don't think that's a problem because, like, I'm interested in the direction that it's going. I think the cliffhanger is extremely interesting. Um, there's obviously a lot of really big implications for what this means for Jesse and, like, kind of what she is and, mm. and what that means for this world. Um, right. And I guess the rest of the proxies to some degree. Um, but I now that I'm thinking about the fact that this period of the book is like squarely over, it's like, oh, you know, I I would have liked a little bit more. Um, yeah. I don't think that that's a fault of really anyone's, though, because it's like, you know, for a, for a new series to get out and get through its first arc and everything is like an achievement in and of itself. So, sure. like, I, I definitely recognize that there's like a certain amount of pressure uh on Jeremy in the first six issues to hit that mark and like and and stick a landing, right? Um to justify getting to the next arc and and having more space. So like yeah. if we had spent more time in America or we had had more time here or whatever, right? Like, you know, how how what does that mean for like the pacing of the book and and what and how it gets to its you know, there's like uh business realities, I think, to why this was six issues and ended here rather than, you know, being 10 or something like that and having more room to breathe. Yeah, I don't think it needed 10. I think one extra issue or a few more pages. I just, I really had whiplash um, because I couldn't orient myself in any one thing that was happening because as soon as I started to get a foothold in it, it was something else was happening. Yeah. Um, and that was that was a struggle for me. Um. I, I I was intrigued by the way that things resolve. Um, you know, ultimately Jesse finds a way to transfer her. It I don't know at this point, um, and I don't say it to be disrespectful. I literally don't know like what else to say um, into a, another proxy, but this time it's a male body, and it I I believe it's the same male body that um it's the one that her her father was looking at right yeah yeah um at least i think it's the same one because this the let me just compare their haircuts real quick james is the name of the um of the proxy yeah or it used to be anyway <laughs> right yeah i so think I, guess I think that's the same one but if not yeah. it's one of the ones from that room, right? We know this I'm, much. It's one of his. I'm pretty bosses. sure it is, especially because it, now you could say that Jesse's name is Jesse James, and I could see, <laughs> I could see Jeremy kind of being cheeky like that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, um, yeah, I. It's very interesting because it's like 
one of the things that this book started touching on in, in I believe the last issue when they go to the mall and everything is kind of like Jesse uh, starting to like experiment and explore like her identity and like mm-hmm. how she thinks uh, I should say themselves for now because I like it seems as though now they they're in a man's body so I don't know if that's because you know she right. thinks of herself as a man or like if you know she could you know um you know be non-binary or or feel like none of those things because she's not human like right all of those things are on the table um so that uh that's something that I I find like to be a really really interesting uh lens through which to look at the whole question of AI's uh humanity right is like mm-hmm. uh does Jesse see herself or want to see herself as human and it seems like the answer is yes to some degree at least yeah right um but yeah just just in general like exploring those those concepts those kind of familiar science fiction concepts through this lens of of gender expression and gender identity and um and beyond, uh, I think is is really really cool, and and like a novel twist on that familiar formula, you know, and like that's a thing in like almost every sentient AI story, right? Is what does it mean to be alive? Um, and I think the fact that like Jesse is trying to explore their identity through um, things like fashion and, and and gender expression and things like that are like there's like pretty much nothing more human than that, right? Um, so it's, it's interesting to see, like, they are doing this, like, fundamentally human thing, but also as they're transcending what, like, transcending what they even are, like, as a, as a, as a entity, right? Like, um, I can never remember the the me neither her yeah, father's I, name I don't, I, I don't know yeah. why um but his cousin right who's who's been you know kind of like a, a minor supporting character here he he says uh my dear cousin it's your algorithm it has birthed an entirely new link in in the evolutionary chain and like that's such an interesting uh thing that like i i feel like the the story's hitting its apex of Jesse's exploration of her identity or their identity as they're like becoming something new, even among right. proxies, right? Because we have an understanding at this point from like the proxy, um, the uh, proxy stories, like the case files at the end of each issue. We have a pretty good idea of like what proxies are and how they think and what they do or don't feel and and you know like a lot of that's been a lot of those blanks have been kind of filled in by some of those supporting stories um because i think it's pretty clear that they do have feelings right um like the the one that we watched uh or the one that we read in the back of this issue is like all about how you know this this proxy uh is kind of set up for failure and in in the the panel where um the the chef who's judging her says do you have anything to say in your defense she says i i do not and she's she has a tear going down her face like mm-hmm. there's clearly you know they're they're capable of feeling even though you know jesse is um seemingly the first one that has free will you know and 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 
I have a feeling that those things are not unrelated, right? That, mm-hmm. like, her ascendance to, you know, uh, to this new form and the ability to shift bodies and move consciousness and stuff like that, I have a feeling that that has to have some kind of ramification with the broader reality of what it means to be a proxy in this world right, right now, you know, and that Jesse's going to want to do something about that, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a great like the 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 story leaves off in an interesting place for future tales, and I really like that. Um, and you know, you're right; like it is such an interesting wrinkle to add to the grander like um, storytelling devices of stories about AI and things like that. To have a character, you know, they use the word in the book, transcend um to a you know to a different body um but also a different identity because even jesse's parents uh, uh jesse's father says son you know right. immediately so they, this. right they have to take on a new reality and so i i really liked that as a uh twist i thought it was really interesting and cool and again it's something that's unique to this story, you know, mm-hmm. um, among other things that were unique to it. But this is like, if, if, if nothing else, this is what it adds, at least as far as I know, I've never seen that before. No, so I thought that was really yeah. cool. Yeah. I um, mean, I feel like we've had plenty of stories about like, what does it mean to be alive or something like that? But the idea of like right. an AI questioning the, you know, uh, the, the, like the questioning the gender it was assigned at birth is like sure yeah like that's super novel like I feel like that's really really interesting and like it allows for um for Jesse to have an identity that's unique among other like similar characters that maybe exist in that same kind of archetype right but like where they zigged this is zagging in a way that is fresh you know and it, and it makes it a different kind of narrative right like it makes it a queer narrative um and like i don't think that that has been done specifically in the context of ai like this like not that i've experienced anyway um neither have i so I, yeah like i i feel like that's that's really it's it's uh it's 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 a it's another layer to a, a story that was already very layered and multifaceted you know and so I guess that's, you know, that's the root of like my criticism is that those things are interesting, but we don't get to spend any amount of time examining them. Yeah. And I guess you could make the argument, well, that's for the sequel, but like, who knows, you know, what if that doesn't happen? What if there is no sequel? If there is no sequel, this is still a tremendous story. It may be the best um independent i guess if you consider image indie i guess um which i still do yeah um it was it's still a contender in my list for the best you know book of the year for sure um but i do have to add the caveat that again this issue it like even the concept of whatever her father did opening a pathway for Jesse to transcend this way, well, where did that come from? You know, like that's not anything that we, at least to my knowledge, like I haven't gone back and read the other issues. Maybe I missed something. Maybe there are clues or things like that yeah. that 
were placed that we missed. But if that wasn't the case, that's a huge thing that I wish we could have spent some time with. I wish we could have spent some time seeing how uh, Jesse's Jesse James's parents um, react to this. Obviously, those two panels that we get are great. And if that's the only panels we ever get, and this is meant to be a standalone story, that's nice. That's a nice cap. But I really, really wish we had seen a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, and I, I think I agree with that. Um, with that as, as like a critique, and I, it's like that's kind of like the best criticism you can offer something. Where it's like, man, I wish there was more of this. Like, sure, I wish that yeah, this exactly. had more room to breathe. Because fuck, there's so many ideas here that I'm responding to. Um, I could have done with another issue. I could have done with two more issues, you know? And, and I think, I think, um, the series might've been better for it, but my hope is that the momentum that the book got and that the, you know, the critical reception and everything, uh, will be enough to warrant another volume where we'll have more room to explore those things. Um, that doesn't negate what you're saying right because if that never comes that will absolutely be a shame um but i don't think that it it doesn't make me yeah like to your point it doesn't i don't think that negatively impacts the the series itself as much as it's just like this issue definitely feels like it could have been two you know um and that sucks because i've loved every issue of this book so i would have eaten up a seventh issue an eighth issue um easily yeah easily so you know my ultimate takeaway is like please go buy this book show your support for it and like let's communicate to image that we want to see more of it because i would really love to see this get at least another arc um you know and ideally one that's a little bit longer i i do want to point out you know george shaw has been an unsung hero of this book um for sure george shaw has done a tremendous job uh from top to bottom on art it's it's been it's been a real fun ride i think that george was perfectly uh situated to tell this story because of the fact that like george's art is very sort of straightforward um and this is a this is not a it's a straightforward story but it's not at the same time George's art being what it is allows you to kind of like zoom in on what's happening. It's not, I don't want to use the word distracting because that sounds rude, but I mean like everything, every detail is perfect, but nothing takes you out of what you're experiencing. If I, that makes sense. Yeah. Like things are commu- the, the script and the artwork really well together, right? Like yeah, the, it, yeah. it, it really clearly communicates everything and it's not, I think like, you know, and correct me if I'm if I'm speaking out of turn, but I feel like what you're identifying is that like this isn't a book that's like going to be like, let's do a big splash page, like let's right. do a big dramatic, you know, um, like the the, it's grounded. the yes, right, and and like the the moments where it does go big are are fewer and farther between, but I think it makes them have more impact. I think that's why we responded so much to the the issue about uh the school being shot up yes. because that was like holy shit we have not had anything like that in this book and similarly like Jesse's like ascent 
Uh, oh, or, or, man, or, that was or, cool. You know, like, that is such a dynamic page, and the colors are so intense, and these guys run in with guns, and then and then it snaps to the white. And, yeah, like, yeah. that, it's, it's dynamic, but it's not loud. And that's... Mm. That's not that's rare. It's rare to have something that's so um that does really really like take up uh no, what's the word I'm looking for? That like wows without taking up oxygen. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's all quiet. in support of the story and the beat and the moment rather than being like, "Oh, we're going to do this really cool page." You know, like where this cool thing happens. It's you know, I I I think like uh, like a good example, right, is like that the last page being a three panel spread rather than just like having the last panel be a whole page, right? Like right. that's a decision that you might make in another book. And I feel like the art isn't indulgent in that way. And that's not cr- to critique art that is like that. It's just I think that it being understated when it should be and it, more expressive when it should be is why it has such that strong dynamic quality. And something I wanted to call out that's like a stylistic thing that I really appreciate that George does is like, there's like weird line work on like every page um, that looks like fingerprints and it gives everything like a texture. Like um, even on like the title page, you can see it in the background. It's like, it's like these waves and it looks like a bunch of fingerprints put next to each other and you'll see that on like every page right like sometimes that's used to add texture to like a shadow but like if you get to the the first page it's the like third page in the issue where they get to the the bar where the the cousin has all of the adult proxies and you know he's like oh here like come check this out or whatever like you can see it on the wood you can see it on the chair you can see it on on the cousin's clothes and it's like it's this weirdly like stylistic thing that i don't feel like i've seen anybody else do and Mm. it's not like even totally consistent the ways in which it's used like it is sometimes used to add texture it's sometimes used to add like color dimension to a shadow like it's very unique and dynamic and i feel like that again right like it gives the book a flavor. It gives it a very specific... It's like when you hear a band and like they've put out a new song and you're like, oh, that, that sounds like them though. Like that's, that's right in that pocket, in that vibe that they've cultivated. And I think that's what this book has done such a good job of is cultivating mm-hmm. an aesthetic and a vibe that is immediately recognizable and like you click right into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, just a real special... Um just a real special series um and uh you know don't don't miss it don't don't miss it like don't sleep on it don't miss it it's over now obviously but um as was revealed at the end we are getting the trade in january and it's gonna have all the backup stories in it as well which is cool yep yep um that's a wrap on Made in Korea for now. Yeah. Uh, hats off. Congratulations to the whole creative team. It's clear that this was a labor of love. We spoke to Jeremy. They talked about how this was a book that they had wanted to do for some time and how important it was to them. So congratulations. Thank you for this book um, because it has really been a gift to us. Um, we've really appreciated it. So um 
yeah, look forward to more from everyone involved. And I'll say this. We had Jeremy on the show. They said they'd come back on when the book's over. So keep your eyes peeled for that next couple of weeks. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's going to do it for our reviews here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our conversations about these books. Go pick these books up. We highly recommend them both. Uh, Made in Korea, obviously. To read this, you've got to read the other five. You have to read the whole thing. Uh, Silver Coin, you can go and just pick up. It's not, you know, it's not a thing where, like, if you don't, if you haven't read any other ones, you can't read this. Every every issue is standalone. Yeah. Um, so you can go pick that up. While you're doing that, while you're thinking about all this stuff, make sure that you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the comics pals. Help us out. Leave us a comment, share it with your friends, let them know that we're out here and you like what we do. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, listen to our main show, which drops every single Monday. We've got an interview with Christopher Sabella out right now for you guys to go check out. And we talk about all the spider madness of last week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, I'm Sean. That's Pete. We're out of here. Take care, guys.